Today you're going to meet Andre Kareni. He is a uh, 86 grad who, uh, for whatever reason, the Air Force uh, Academy was not moving him around. So he be- he was a Pink Panther for all four years while he was at the zoo. He uh, he and I met about fi- in 2015 when he was passing through Redmond, and uh, I don't know if I helped him much, but he got a job at Microsoft and hung out hung there for a while. Um, he also uh, provided uh, in our initial interview, not not the the one that you're hearing today, but uh, that the guys were still doing the the Palmdale trip uh, at Thanksgiving while he was a cadet. And he currently lives in Prague, has a very interesting background, very interesting career, and has a great update for everybody that's interested in what's going on over there today. Hi, Andre. Yeah, hey. How's it going? I'm doing good. I guess it's coming through on the speaker here on my phone, but that's perfect. Can you understand? Is the voice okay? Yeah, hear you loud and clear. Good. Well, I always like to start the first off. Thanks for doing this. I always like to start with the uh, kind of generic question of what message you have for the uh, incoming class, the current cadets, the recent grads, and then the old people like myself. Okay. Um, I, I guess looking back to my time at the academy, I think it's just all the all the things that I was able to take advantage of. It's all their opportunities. I mean, on top of you know the great education, you know the the degrees in education in uh, electrical engineering and math that I did, you know, the connections to, to real engineering. So in the electrical department, we, we had some real, really interesting connections. Um, then, you know, I did the scuba club, I did the mountaineering club, I did the ski club, you know, I did the, um, did the free fall parachuting, um, you know, did operation air force in, in really interesting places. And then I did space day on my holidays to travel so, yeah, so you just take advantage of everything. you got huge opportunities that you won't get anywhere else. So you, you really took advantage of all the outdoor uh, adrenaline rush type stuff, it sounds like. Yeah, but that, that's kind of me. I, that's what I enjoyed. I mean, I would, I, I still remember the first, uh, right after recognition, you know, one of the three degrees took us, or took me at night, at night. So it was like three of us at night, <laughs> Um, up on the, um, what was the name of the rock? The, Flat, the, the peak, the anvil or whatever. We were, yeah. you know, repelling off of that at night. <laughs> He's not trying to kill Eddie Dooley's or anything, is he? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was right after recognition. That was his rec- recognition thing to, you know, the, 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 the Dooley's that he gave the biggest uh, grief to. <laughs> huh. Wow. Well, th- so that, that kind of begs the question is what, what got you the Air Force in the first place? How, where'd you grow up? Um, well, okay, so I was actually born in the UK, but my, but where I grew up listening to stories from my dad and his brother about, you know, throwing Molotov cocktails on, on Russian tanks in Budapest, you know, during, during 56. So that was, so, um, you know, moved to the States when I was five, but that was always in my, you know, as in my in my background, you know, those stories, and you know, I even traveled to uh, you know behind the Iron Curtain as a child, and then I wanted to fly. I was crazy about flying, so my dream to go to the academy was to fly F-15s out of Bitburg. Oh, cool. So, and so, did you grew up in the UK, or no? I we, we moved to the states when I was five. So, which part? To uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. And then from there, so getting in the academy must have been a 
interesting challenge. Did you have to do the uh, congressional thing or how do you? Yeah, get but it? yeah, definitely. Yeah. But um, yeah, but I was, like I said, I was crazy about flying. So I just wanted to fly, to fly a fighter. So I was going to do everything that I, that I needed to, to be able to do that. And, and then again, why Air Force over something else? Um, just because of the flying. Okay. <laughs> the cost of the school didn't <laughs> factor in at all. <laughs> mm. No, I would have had, I not really, because I would have had a, a scholarship to um, CMU, Carnegie Mellon. So, okay. no, it was just the, the experience of um, yeah of doing something that I felt was more worthwhile, plus the, plus the flying. And then, so you show up and you're a dually. How, how, how was that experience? Um, yeah, I, I think I was a little bit different than, than most people. I think as, as our... I was really not so focused on the on the military part, so I always think I just tried to blend into the woodwork. <laughs> so, so, so that was kind, okay. kind of my, my way to cope. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you probably talked to my classmates. You know, you know, I think you know that you know I was always you know not not pushing anything you know on the military side, and, and you know, and when I had free time, I was either out off in the in the mountains or on my bicycle or something like that to get away from it yeah that, yes, that... I was, yeah and then i was oh else i was because of the double major i was really overloaded with uh with academics so i think like on my last year i had almost like twice the the course load to get the two majors now how did you how did you pull that off with all the other requirements i'm just curious um well i i i had a couple um um, I forgot what they called it, but you t- tested out of, a, of some of the some of the requirements. So I had a little bit less overall course load, but yeah, I just took you know took a much higher course load. And, and math and double E were your two uh, majors, is that right? Yes. Um, did you have any specific uh, courses that really stuck out with you over time? Um. Yeah, I remember one of the one of the projects that I did was um, was doing a, a satellite um, control system, and then I did a did a communications project. And I remember that that project um, there were some photos of me at the do it with that with that project in the uh, in the visitor center for quite some years afterwards. Oh, cool! It's one of the E department project. I don't remember exactly what it was about, but it was <laughs> just with, with my my graduation project and me standing there behind it and behind a poster on the project or something like that. Oh, that's that's neat. That's, so you're you're in the visitor center. You, you left it. No, that was many years ago. But I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, I haven't been back there for a long time. I know the uh, I know the field house had a uh, a mural once upon a time of of four years of a of a typical cadet life and it was all of my class it was oh, cool and they had that up for for ever and ever and ever we could we could every every time you went back to something that you'd see oh my gosh yeah we always see that kind of crap so was there anything specifically uh, challenging about the academy for you um just dealing with all the their the, um you know all the all the all that there, uh, I don't know, all, all the military stuff that for me was, was so much challenging is just annoying. 
<laughs> that's one way of phrasing it. Annoying. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then, so I'm curious, you said you did the mountaineering class what, what or the, the, the club. What, what was, what was that schedule or where, where'd you guys go? Uh, we did, we were, I think, I forgot how many 14,000 foot peaks we were trying to do. So they would organize a trip to the, to, to a different peak, you know, every second weekend or so for a while. Cool. So yeah. And the nice thing is they had all the equipment for us. Oh, that's great. So did, was it uh, transportation there too and everything? Yeah. Yeah. They organized that. They organized everything to the mountaineering club. So that was really great. Yeah. No, the clubs there were great. And the scuba club was great. You know, so I got my open water there and then we did that trip down to New Mexico. It was like this, they call it blue hole or something, but it's like a 120 foot hole in the, in the, in the desert, you know, full of cold water. <laughs> well, that's cool. So and what, go, yeah. do that. I'm sorry. What time of year did you guys do that? It was in the winter. I just remember it was cold as hell. <laughs> and then you said the, the pair, you did some parachuting. Did you go to. Well, I did the free fall. No, I did free fall at the Academy. Okay. Would, and then was, I, how many? Yeah. Oh, well, so this was at the, the free fall program. So you did, you do, you do five free fall jumps. Okay. But they, but it, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the academy has that that one. The program there is 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 very special. Is that you know the first jump that you do is is a solo free fall. Yeah, we had the we had that option, but you had, well, I'm trying to remember how how we got there. Most of us went to Fort Benning to do the uh -huh. school, and then if you still like it, then you go do the try the airmanship 490. I think it was yeah class. But, um, yeah. So, so when I when I there, if I remember right, there was Fort Benning was still an option, but most people went to the the. I think it was I think it was called Four Ninety. And now uh, you did the you did the um you know the five jumps, and you got your jump wings. But the first jump, like I said, was was a was a solo free fall. But you had little, you had some uh, ground practice, ground training prior to that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and did your, I don't know how many times you did the. Yeah, you know, I can still remember the. Um, you know what is it? One thousand. The call one thousand one, one thousand two. Yeah. Look thousand, check thousand, pull thousand, or whatever it was. Yeah, <laughs> this I, thing to, to do that hundreds of times on the in the dust. Yeah, I only did one free fall jump for real, and I went through the whole checklist. And I got to the pull thousand. I go, something's supposed to happen here. <laughs> I'd forgotten to pull by shoe. No. <laughs> then I pulled. Yeah, I'd be like, oh crap, yeah, I better pull this. <laughs> that was pretty wild. So yeah. good. Yeah. So and then and I also did a lot of, of flying within the within the aero club. Okay. Now was there special requirements to be able to do that? Because didn't you have to get a license? Yeah, but I did. I, I was already Certified flying, so so like when I did the T forty ones, I did the abbreviated T forty one program. Okay. I did the two week program or the, the short program in the summer. And so you you had gotten certified prior to coming to the academy. Yeah, I, I was already flying. Oh, cool. Um, then the, there was a, one other thing you mentioned to me that was unique and really cool, and that is uh, you st spent all four years in the same squadron. Yep, that was that was yeah. I think our squadron was the only one that did that because um, I think the eight four eighty five. I think they they changed on the 
their third year. Okay. And, and then afterwards, they were going to change after the second year. I wonder what they were thinking. Oh, before the third, before the before the third year, and then they were going to change before the second year. Yeah. Yeah, so, I know. So I know yeah, we, we were in the middle of that, so we didn't change at all. We didn't change at all. So what was that? I mean, I, that's all you remember, but was that pretty rough? Because I, I know from personal experience, there was no way I would have wanted to stick stick with my dually squadron. That was just too rough. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have anything to compare it against. Yeah. I, I mean, but recently my, my whole squadron came back together again you know we had our one, one of the um one of the uh, my classmates he had a he well he died of uh, of cancer but, but we got together and, and we really got close again you know 20 years or almost 30 years after graduation and we're still you know I still see messages from my classmate you know classmates you know once or twice a week well that's great and and you know we're talking about meeting up again already so and and we got had like more than half the classmates we met at an Army Navy game a couple of years ago. Okay, cool. Army Navy game or an Air Force Navy game? It was sorry, it was it was um, Air Force Navy at Annapolis. Okay, I, 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 it'd be interesting to see a bunch of Air Force guys at Army Navy game. <laughs> yeah, sorry. yeah. <laughs> um, curious what. Uh, what did you do to? Uh, so I know what you did to blow off steam. I know what how your academic load went. How about the uh, summers? You said you had some uh, Air Force summers that were interesting. Oh yeah, I had great summers. Um, well, Operation Air Force, we got to go to Japan. So cool. that was really that was really interesting. Um, then got to go to Clovis, New Mexico, and then it made me realize that I absolutely did not want to be stuck in a place like that. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, I got to Space A on the holidays, which was nice. I did the T-41 in the summer, which was also yeah. really nice. Uh, and then I was a uh, Siri, so I was a Siri instructor. So I went through Siri, and then I was a Siri instructor, and then I was a Siri quad- squadron commander or something like that. Were you when you say a Syrian instructor? Were you one of the interrogators, or what, what was what was that? No, like? I was doing I was doing the um, survival part. Okay. So yeah, so it was it was really interesting to take like the one time I had some students there that had like no experience outside at all. You know, never slept you know a night in the woods, <laughs> okay. and then then trying to you know take them through that program and. So that was really that was really interesting, and that was that was probably one of the nicest things, especially the, the as as a as a instructor. You know, you worked with you know six students, you know, who were really under stress and um, and really taught them had a lot to teach them. So yeah, that was one of the programs that I definitely enjoyed, and I think I learned a lot out of. So it sounds like you had a lot of uh, positive. Uh things that you did at the academy did you ever think of quitting mm, well i mean only on this on the side is when you were frustrated with all the with all the bs <laughs> but no i wasn't i really never was never was going to quit i mean i was gonna i was going to yeah i was going to make it through I, I didn't didn't feel that i was ever close to quitting okay and then um, 
I assume based on double major, you must have been a pretty stellar cadet. No. I, like I said, I was, number one, my grades weren't that high because I had such a high workload. Okay. And then my military GPA was always barely getting by. <laughs> okay. Because like I said, you, I would do minimum, you, I did the minimum that I had to. So. Did you ever end up on any, any probation lists or? Um, I ended up one one year. Um, yeah, I had. Uh, I remember it was a behavioral science class that was like right after lunch. Oh. And I would always fall asleep at it, and the instructor would always end up throwing erases at me like every day. <laughs> and, and, and then it was it was like a half credit, or I forgot exactly, but it wasn't worth that much. And and so the first GRE I got like really high score. So I did, so I paid no attention to it. And then the, at the end of the year, the instructor gave me like zero for like, for the class participation. That was like 50% of the grade. Wow. So, so they got me from, from, so I got an academic probation and had to retake that course. And otherwise I would have had like a three, five GPA. Wow. So the but guy, this guy throwing erasures that you gave me a bad grade. Yeah, but that was just that was just me. If I wasn't interested and it was boring, then I didn't but, but, pay any but, more attention. What cracks me up is a behavioral science class. What kind of behavior is he teaching? <laughs> He's throwing yeah. crap at you. <laughs> yeah, he really, he would really throw something at me because. But I would, I mean, it was, and I was always, I had a, a really important double E class afterwards. I was always, you know, some either falling asleep or prepping for that. <laughs> During the wow. class, so I mean, it was my fault. I mean, I can't, I can't blame anybody on that, but myself. But I, I can't, I can't tell you how much your your story here is. We're we're bringing back a couple of memories for me and then uh -huh. for the crowd. I, I, I swear, you're you're running, you're running around all day on on campus doing stuff, and when you finally get to a class and it gets kind of slow, falling asleep in class is happening all the time because you're never yeah. sleeping anywhere else. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I used to put my two uh, the the gloves. They had these leather gloves. I put the two gloves to make their elbow pads, and then I would put my head in my chin, chin and try to sleep with my eyes open. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, that was that was that was just life there. But, but this instructor literally would would would, would throw erasers at me. <laughs> I literally had you know the chalk marks from the erasers that he hit me with. And then you get ding for having stuff on your uniform, probably. <laughs> Yeah, I was. So, so the uh, the other question. So you mentioned uh, you don't got you, they didn't have third lieutenant, but they did have Siri, but they didn't change squadrons around. The academy must have been going through quite a transition when you were there. Um. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I my impression is always going through a transition. You know, getting from from harsher to more lenient to, yeah, I don't, I don't, don't have the feeling that it was going through a transition any worse than, than any other time. Right. No, I'm just saying, I, I'm just for the, for the folks listening in the, 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 even though it seems like a pretty stable organization, they are, they are constantly tweaking or, or messing yeah. around with things. Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, my impression is it wasn't really lenient and it wasn't, you know, really harsh times. It was just kind of in the middle of that cycle. Yeah. But, 
And then, uh, so when you graduated, did you, what, what did you do? Well, so, so, well, number one, I was a little bit special because in the beginning of my third class year, I started dating a, a second class man from the squadron, a second class lady from the squadron. Okay. And so we, yeah, so my, that whole years, I was always, yeah, kind of a little bit, my free time and everything else was associated with that. So then right after so I graduated before graduation, I was talking to the National Guard squadron up at Portland and to do a palace chase, meaning I would do four, four years active duty and then I could go to that guard unit and, and they would put me through, go through their pilot training with that guard unit and then fly for them. So you so. could have uh, rewind. And this is very interesting to me. Um, what, what, what kind of a deal do you work out with the National Guard to go for back of duty to them? I thought that was well, something. That was called Palace Chase, and, okay. and then they could pull you from active duty, and they would, and you would, well, you would have less active duty commitment that you would move the active duty commitment to the guard. Okay, but it'd be a full time guard job. Yeah, yeah, you could start out. Yeah, well, you had to for going through the for the pilot training program, but you only had to do that for a few years, and then you could, and then you could go even part time. Okay. So, so that unit was doing the, you know, so basically a lot of people ended up doing just sleeping there at night because they were um, in alert. So uh -huh. at the time they, they were, they were always picking up the, um, their old TU-95s that used to come down the, the West coast. Yep. So that guard unit would go pick them up, you know, once or twice a week, it seems like at times. Yeah. Yeah, we, we used to fly uh, missions against them when I was in the reserves in the 80s. We fly uh, against the Portland guys. Uh -huh. Yeah, that was a really good unit. And, you know, I spent some time there and talked to them. And, you know, I got, got to spend, you know, a couple of weekends just out there personally with that unit. And, and yeah, I was, that was, uh, I was really disappointed that at the end that didn't work out. And that was probably one of my biggest disappointments. So what, how, what, somewhat, so that was what your plan was. What did you actually do? Well, so, yeah, so, so, um, well, I was going to do that palace chase there. And then I, then I was doing, because I was got married to an 85 grad right after graduation. And so we had to work to join spouse. So I went to the Air Force Electronic Warfare Center. And oh, so I, I read, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not pilot training. Yeah, correct. I, I didn't go to pilot training. Okay. So, so I, 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 I had to turn down my pilot training slot with the active duty out of graduation. And so I went to a non-flying job for the active duty. And then I was going to do the flying job with Palace Chase and the Guard. Okay. So, so yeah, so I had a non-flying job at the, at the Electronic Warfare Center. So, but that was, you know, I... That was also a great job there. I really got lots of really, really good experience. You know, a lot of responsibility right out the bat. Um, I mean, I got to work. There was, a, there, I, was I was based at the AFU, the Air Force Electronic Warfare Center, but we were part of ESC. Okay. And we were also associated with the Duke Joint Electronic Warfare Center. So there were a lot of, so it was joint services, plus we had a lot of international people there, plus we were tied. It, we were tied into the intelligence community. So like I was basically a project manager there, but I was running you know, a huge project, you know, that was, was across many different, you know, US government organizations. So it was 
It's really quite interesting. And, and while you were there, you got a master's degree. Is that right? Yeah, I also did, did that. That, but that was um, was just in the evenings. So my well, now my ex and I, we did that together at, at Randolph. Okay. So we're doing that with a bunch of the fapes out at Randolph. Okay. So, so it, yeah. So in the course, it was it was basically all fapes, and then uh, and then a few, and then like two or three other people for me that Randolph, and my ex was was working at uh, at the School of Aerospace Medicine. So I don't know if you remember that Project X movie, but basically that was exactly what she was doing. Okay, I have to go look that up. <laughs> so yeah, they, they, had, they have a bunch. They had a bunch of, of monkeys, and they had this this primate that their primate equilibrium platform. So they were basically had these monkeys in a chair, and they had to like fly the chair. If they if their chair tilted, then they would get their tails shocked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's... Yeah, and then they were given the, they they had uh, some radio radioactive um, sources and Ugh. some and some um, some. Uh, yeah, and they were given the the uh, chemical warfare um, atropine, the mm-hmm. the pre injections, and then looking at their pilot doing looking at uh, pilot performance. Oh my gosh, <laughs> sounds pretty grim. So what uh, what got you to leave the air force? Um, well, that 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 pilot the the pilot slot wasn't available to me. My Ex at the time really wasn't happy in the Air Force, and so she was going to med school. Okay. And she was going to med school. We were going to go to med school. She was going to go to Oregon, but then she ended up going to to med school in in Dallas. Mm. And yeah, so it was either me taking an assignment wherever they gave me, or else trying to stay married and and stay in and stay in. Uh, and stay together. So that's why I got out then and, and went to, uh, yes, to started a career at Texas Instruments initially yeah. in, in Dallas. And you were there for three years, it looks like, right? Yeah, I was there for a while at, at TI. <laughs> and that was in Sherman? Yeah, yeah, way, way north there in, in uh, Dallas, but yeah, but it was, it was nice. And then I, you know, ended up doing a lot of private flying and then i was doing a lot of soaring as well so i had an old mooney and then and then some some gliders so i was still trying to stay in the in the in the in the aviation area yeah and then uh you became a a product manager for something called cybex oh yeah so, so it was a small startup that came out of ti um so we were building equipment it was a called the process automation center was it was a group in ti and then ti gave up that business and so that's what we've i was a little bit later but i didn't start it initially but joined the small startup and we were selling equipment um that was mainly used for um, manufacturing semiconductors the biggest customer was intel so then i spent a lot of time with been traveling to Intel and working with Intel as a you know, building capital equipment for Intel. So, and, and I, I see there's a bunch of consulting stuff on here too. You were you were doing all kinds of cool things. I I know at the company I currently work at, you did. Uh, I, I'm working at Neon now. Did you, you did some stuff for them? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, so. So that, that small startup then got bought out by a Swiss company 
And then, then I was doing custom engineering for that Swiss companies, U.S. and Asia Pacific customers. Yeah. So then I was traveling between Dallas, Zurich, and Singapore. Oh, yeah. And, and then I ended up getting divorced. So then they wanted me to go to to Switzerland. So I went there for six weeks, and they gave me a lot of money to stay for another six weeks. And then I ended up staying in Switzerland for a while and then marrying a Swiss, meeting a Swiss on top of a mountain of all places. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. And then, then I ended up, you know, doing, yeah, going to a bunch of different companies then doing a lot of consulting myself. So working with, with customers, but in both in Europe and, and in Singapore, so I spent a lot of time in, in, uh, in Asia as well. So then I became kind of a, a hobo, a well, digital nomad for many years. You're you're a global uh, consultant, it sounds like. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, after when I gave up Switzerland, what 15 years ago, I basically that was my last permanent apartment that I've had. So I haven't had a permanent apartment for like 15 years. Wow. So when we met in in Seattle, you know, I was yeah, I, I rented a couple of places short term there, but. Yeah, otherwise, you know, for, for many months, I would just, you know, I, I would finish a project and I would just kind of go to the airport and figure out when, where to go next. Wow. I mean, once I was even in, in Dallas for, I had a, a week's work in, in Dallas and then I had my next project was, was at least two weeks away. So I went to the airport and found out the next flight that was going somewhere interesting. It happened to be S- Sydney. So like I bought a ticket to Sydney like for four hours before the flight left. <laughs> okay. That's, so. that's usually not the cheapest ticket, but yeah, that's, I guess yeah. that, can, that can, that can work. So yeah. I, so that was, yeah, my life for many years. And I forget when did you and I run into each other? It's been five or six years ago. Oh, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even longer. And you were at Microsoft for, you were trying to crack into Microsoft at that time? Oh, yeah, I did. I did a, yeah, so Microsoft has this, brings in people for 18 months. Yep. So you, you can go do an 18 months rotation through Microsoft. So I did that once doing, yeah, building uh, data centers, data center supply chain. Okay, yeah, for the uh, for the Azure, Azure folks. <laughs> yeah, but, but at the time, they, I mean, the funding releases were in the order of billions of dollars every quarter. Yeah. So we were producing data centers as fast as we could. And, and, you know, so, yeah, so my, my responsibility was to, you know, like helping them get supply chains, like we're building one in Amsterdam and, and trying to you know, get everything in place that they needed to build that. Cool. So, I, yeah, I, I, I think we talked about being a consultant for them. That My wife was doing that as well. <laughs> she did that off and on for, you know, 18 months on and a few months off for, Yep. Yeah, that's a, the crazy thing that the way they do that. But it it's I think it's also a good opportunity. So it's it's nice to change and and, and not be stuck into one thing for any length of time. Well, and plus then they, then they don't have your weekends. You say, you still get your weekends back if you if you're a consultant typically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. They they get your time. If if they if 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 you need to do something, you, you put the time in. You don't get to invoice it, but you still end up doing it. So, so so you're in Prague now. What uh-huh. uh, 
and you've been there for a while. What what's uh, going on for you there? Um, well, I was working for Infosys, you know, which is the big Indian yeah. um, IT consultancy, and I had a project for them that I was running in out of Berlin. It was a project for Bombardier's transportation group, which is headquartered out of Berlin. Okay. So I was had was there for a while. Um, yeah, doing a and I was running a was a program manager and. Then after that program finished and transferred that over to uh, the, the other program manager to do the sustainment part, I um, yeah had no place else, didn't have to be anywhere specifically, you know, everything was remote. So I said, okay, so well, I'll travel to uh, to Prague. So yeah, at that time I was just dragging two suitcases and so just showed up in Prague for a while and then met a Czech when I was here in Prague. Yeah. And then, so I was here for a couple of weeks. Then I went to to Turkey. And then my Czech girlfriend kept, you know, every weekend she would fly out to Turkey. I would we'd meet somewhere. And then, uh, yeah, then then I was working back in the states again for for many years for some years, but always, you know, coming back to Prague every so often. And then COVID hit. Wow. So before COVID. I was, um, yeah, I was working at a project for Pratt & Whitney, so I was at their Pratt & Whitney headquarters in, in Connecticut one week, and then the, the next week in Georgia at a, at, a, um, at a pilot site, and then the weekends I was in New York City. So I did that for a while, but then COVID hit and blocked that up, and, and so then I got a little, little cabin in New Hampshire for a couple of months, and then, then uh, yeah, then came here. So, been here now for a while. so it sounds like you're still a bit of a itinerant <laughs> tra- traveler and, and go where the, where the project goes, right? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, I love Prague. It's probably one of my favorite cities, but um, yeah, it's, you know, now it looks like things are starting to open up again and people start wanting you to be a little bit on, more on site. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so for sure, I don't think that I'll be full-time in Prague, but I think Prague will be, for sure, I'll have a connection here and I'll come back here whenever I can for a while. But Yeah. So uh, yeah. So does your, your academy background, do you think that helps in all this uh, new new roles, new new projects? Oh, sure, because it's, I mean, number one, you learn how to deal with people. And, and I think and you learn how to be much more flexible. So you learn how to, to just deal with different situations. Yeah. The, the so people, I think that's my strongest point. And then you got a real strong technical background, it sounds like. Mm, yeah, but I think that became even less important. Okay. I think it became, it's more important just to deal with people and deal with um yeah, to be flexible and, and to to understand, you know, what the motivation is of the of of what's going on, and how to to leverage that in a positive way. So I, mm-hmm. I know you, you say you still stay in touch with your Pink Panther buddies. Are you got, you're aware that this is your thirty sixth uh, reunion year? Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, because we were talking about trying to get together again. Um, yeah, we went we got together. A few years ago, for a uh, Air Force Navy game, 
Yeah. Um, so tell them, yeah, tell them, you know, I, we did this, my, my, my group, we, we got together after 36 years in Vegas and we had a blast. Okay. <laughs> that, that was the first time we'd all done something like that. Now, now they want to do it more frequently and it's, it's challenging, but uh, yeah, it's a, uh, Pick a place away from the academy so you can have some fun and, <laughs> and go do it. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, yeah, I, I've been really, really happy to to reconnect because for many years I had really had no connection at all to to the academy and even the Air Force. And now, yeah, and then in the last five years or so, reconnecting has been been really good. Yeah, have you gone back to the academy at all? Um, uh, just once really short, <laughs> but, but, but no, no, no real connections there. I think just once I was driving by there once on my wanderers wandering yep. area. And I think I just, you know, spent half an hour driving through the tourist area and that's about it. Yeah. I, uh, I think people listening in can relate <laughs> if, especially folks that, uh, you know, we got out of that place and it's, it's a, in many cases, just bring back too many bad memories, but it's not a, uh, it's not the typical school. And I think that's, uh, that's a podcast or these interviews are showing that it's not, uh, it's not a happy, you know, let's go walk through the trees in the autumn with the old grads and the <laughs> hanging out in the, at the quad, you know, it, no, it's a pretty austere place. Um, yeah, but, but my memories are always really good about it. I don't, I don't have any bad memories. I mean, for sure, you know, some of the the nasty stuff and you know, getting yelled at for stupid things. But I don't know. I kind of blew that all off and and just look back now at all the positive things That's and like cool. all the experiences, all the people I met. You know, like I said, you know, I got to learn to be under the water, to be free fall. You know, I learned a lot of flying. I got to do a lot of traveling oh, I and had a great education. So I'm very happy with it. And I would never, ever give that up. Thanks. I, I forgot to ask one more thing. And that is, did you ever have any close calls? Oh, flying or, or jumping or mountaineering or scuba diving or. Mm. Well, I mean, I used to to fly a lot so i mean i minor weather issues or 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 this you know small mechanical things i mean i've I lost was flying a small private airplane and and you know lost my vacuum system in 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 ifr <laughs> but, okay. but i mean that's fine and you know trained that many times so you know, doing time turns without a without a vacuum system in clouds. Yeah, that's a little spatial disorienting. <laughs> yeah, but, you, but at, at that time I was really well trained and experienced, and and. So, are you still flying? Um, I would love to again. I mean, I the but right now I'm not, but. Yeah, I would love to get back into into glider acrobatics. That was my my favorite thing. Glider so, acrobatics, okay. Uh, yeah, so I used to do a lot of 
training and, and flying with the Blanick out in, uh, it was our place out in, uh, in Arizona when I used to go. Estrella, Estrella, okay. south of Phoenix. So they had a really good uh, acro- glider acrobatic program there. So I don't mean some really good, really, uh, the, the guy that ran it was like a national champion. So I would always go there and train and fly acrobatics out there. And do you so, mountain? Um, yeah, I mean, while I lived in Switzerland, I was in the mountains on the skis all the time. Uh-huh. I mean, I'd been there, but going there on the slopes, I would always go the mountain, the, the mountaineering, ski mountaineering. How about um, in Prague area now? Are you still hitting the Alps at all? Um, well, the Alps are a little bit far away, but I mean, now uh, we did a lot of cross-country skiing. Okay. But to to go to Switzerland, but I still have my kids in Switzerland, so yeah, I try to get to Switzerland whenever I can. But yeah, not not as much here. Well, I, I, I kind of cut you off earlier, um, but you were saying good things about the Academy. I don't, I don't want to end it with oh, that, 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 that I didn't like it so much and that, that in this whole place. It, it's just interesting how a lot of folks just don't go back for, for reading stuff because it's not that kind of a warm and fuzzy place. But I think everyone, like you said, uh, we get so much out of it and, and it, it is an important part of our, our background. Yeah, for sure. And and I had sponsor, my sponsors there. I still have a good relationship with the sponsors that I had. Cool. So, so um, yeah, my, my sponsor was a, yeah, he was a F4 pilot from Vietnam time frame. But yeah, but I kept the, and I, then, I, then we kind of connected with his grown up children Oh, and wow. so we became, became really close for many years. And so, I mean, that was even, even after I graduated, we still got together with them. I, so, could, I don't, I don't recall having a sponsor. So I'm not sure when that program started. Uh-huh. Yeah. So w- when I was there, that sponsor program was really a great program. Um, yeah. A lot of the, a lot of my classmates had this one other large family. And yeah. so but mine was 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 different. So there's only a few of us. Only like two or three that went to. The name was there with called there with the Lewises. Okay. But yeah, no, that sponsorship program was was really really nice. I mean, it was especially the, the, during the fourth class year to be able to have a place where somebody treated you like home, you know, close by. Yeah, we had we had a one of my classmates had a spot. Yeah, had, had a guy that came out from his hometown. And retired in Colorado, and they they would have people over, mm-hmm. um, but there wasn't a, an official. I don't think it was an official sponsor thing. I again, I'm mm-hmm. I was oblivious to a lot of stuff. Yeah, I know it was great. I mean, they gave we had keys to the house, so if they weren't available, we could just go into the house whenever we wanted, and you know, just go raid the refrigerator, and yeah, uh, it was it was really nice, really helpful. Okay. Meant a lot to us. Well, well, Andre, thanks again for your time. So, what when are we going to see you back up in the Northwest? Um, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I think they, I think right now it's a lot easier to travel, but yeah, I don't have any plans. Okay. Hopefully, I mean, the, the Pacific Northwest is for sure my favorite part of the U.S. Well, it's mine too. For for those listening, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I, I I love Seattle. So yeah, when I left Switzerland. You know, that was, you know, made a beeline for Seattle. 
yeah, it's a, it's a different place. I know we get funny looks from people politically, but the scenery is something else up here. So uh-huh. yeah, and then you have Vancouver just north. It's so beautiful. Yeah, we haven't been able to go there for a couple of years because of the COVID thing, but uh, they're starting mm-hmm. to trickle in now. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and I mean, you have every, everything in, in Seattle. I mean, you have the the ocean and the, and the mountains, and yeah, it's yeah. it's for sure one of the nicest parts in the states. Well, well, it sounds like you're doing well. Thanks for doing this. Sure. No, thank you, John. It was, it was great speaking with you and. Uh, and I think I already mentioned it to you, but my uh, my Czech girlfriend's been listening to your podcasts, and she's been getting you know learning. I think a lot about me just from listening to them. So it's it's, it's a good uh, train uh, manager grad <laughs> program. You're saying uh-huh. <laughs> how to decipher the the weirdness of a grad. I, I like yeah, that. definitely. Yeah, and it's it's just really interesting too that you know with the different background, you know that. You know that we had, you know, she growing up here in Prague, and you know, then the in the Czech Spring and uh, the Prague Spring, and all that. Oh yeah, that history there, and you know, dealing, you know, her the way she dealt with that stuff, you know, she with what was going on there and how she fought against it and and dealt with with you know what was happening behind the Iron Curtain, and now, yeah, now the world's completely different place and then the craziness that's going on right now oh yeah we have you know this place you know there's ukrainian refugees all over the place here yep and so so it's really close really close and you know if if i go downtown you know there's even you know big center there where they're helping them get settled and yeah it's We just got a big influx of them. Uh, I think it was a hundred of them came in to Everett because uh, mm-hmm. it's a big, big population here as well. Yeah, we're everybody's doing what they can to get this thing over with. Yeah. But I think in Prague, this thing is like ten thousand or something yeah. like that, just in, in the city. And it's, I mean, I was on the on the on a train the other day, and there was a you know young mother with her child, and and she was had a little piece of paper and instructions to go to the small village outside of Prague to what they were going to give her a place to stay. Wow. And it's, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. It's pretty rough. Pretty rough. Well, thanks for uh, being there and helping out, you know, and I'm sure you're going to do the right thing if you see somebody in trouble. Yeah. I mean, we don't have people, but I have some friends, you know, actually have, have refugees staying with them. You know, if they have an extra room or an extra apartment, you know, they've already know, three people or whatever that I have that is sponsoring people. Yeah, let's just hope it's a temporary deal, not not a permanent deal. Yeah, I yeah, I, yeah, I don't I think we could talk about this forever, but I know we don't want to. Never believe that it's that it we would be happening right now. Yeah, ground war in Europe in our lifetime is something else. <laughs> yeah. No, it's crazy, and and you can you can see here, you know, oh, you know, they're flying and shipping all the all the um, all the armaments are going, you know, flying right through Prague or over the top of Prague. You know, C-17s flying overhead with, you know, hauling hauling equipment. Yep. Yeah, we know where they're going. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's 
and I guess Pro- Czech, the Czechia is, is giving them a whole load of old tanks now. They just for prepping them and sending old tanks over there now. And well, yeah, I hear that the Eastern European folks are giving up their old stuff, and we're replenishing them with new stuff. <sighs> we're backfilling their their stuff, so they're not they're not naked without any uh, protection. So that that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, well. That that's partially, yeah. They they like they like to have new equipment, but also you know the Ukrainians, you, know, you can't give them you know brand new F-16s or whatever. They wouldn't know how to how to operate them and and um, and uh, yeah, support them. Yeah, they're giving them the the old Soviet stuff or the old Russian stuff, and we're giving the. Mm-hmm. Czechs and the uh, Serbians and all these guys, the uh, Patriot missiles and the, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're showing them the newer stuff. Yeah, but it takes a lot. You can't just give 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 that equipment out. It needs to be training and supported and everything else. So you can. We, we got a bunch of the eighty second Airborne's over there, I guess, being training everybody up. So. Yeah, and I, I saw that the story about the the, the you know you're the Growlers squadron. The Growlers are as a whole squadron of growlers flying flying ungodly hours every day good for them <laughs> get, yeah. get my boys involved that that was my <laughs> but but there, i mean it's um yeah you can you can it's, it's all public information but there's a whole they're, they're flying ungodly hours of of um well they're yeah. just on a, indirect is what they called it i'm sorry Endurance, endurance exercise, just twenty four seven. You do that. You train to be able to do that forever. So you just you know get your crew rest and get on your schedule and rotate around. Yep. If they're if, as long as they're not landing on the boat, it's really fun because they get to go to a beach, go to go to a place where they can have a beer every night, <laughs> as opposed to mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think they're, they're I think they're basing out of Poland now, and yeah, and I think they're having. Yeah, I, I saw somewhere of, of how many hours they were putting on each airframe per day. Well, yeah, again, it's how there is some downtime, but yeah, if they're getting air refueling, they can do double cycles. There's just a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. To do. Yeah, so so yeah, but but you can you can it's all public now. You can look on the on the ADSB tracks of all the of all the refueling tracks yeah. out over there along the border there over Poland. Yeah, but there's always two or three. Refuelers out there, just don't wander into the wrong airspace. You're okay. <laughs> yeah, crazy world. Why well, should let you get? I got to get ready for work. I should let you get to uh, your evening. So, say hi to your Czech girlfriend for me someday. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> hey, um, talk to you later, John. Hey, take care and thanks for the time. Yeah, thanks, Andre. Bye-bye. Okay, later.